0: snoop doo Everybody. Welcome to episode 141 of Tactical Crouch Kick tripod, Yiska, and Volamel here Bringing you the good news We've got a special guest Our favorite uh, caster, I think Just, just kind of general, general favorite dude, honestly It's always great to have you on Whether it's Tactical Crouch, Overwatch League Daily Back in the day, you've been on Spike Drop now It's none other than Avril Dude, good to see you, man. Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you very much. That's high praise. You just ended it at Castor. Like, whoa, damn. That's. I don't know if I can live up to that. Thank you very much. Glad to be back on the show. Um, you know, it's. I'm I'm always happy to come on and talk about Overwatch and whatever you guys want.
0: This one, this show might be a little bit more whatever you guys want and a little bit less Overwatch than normal, just based on some, <laughs> some of the the, the the topics we've been discussing before the show. Uh, but yeah. Before we get started, though, quick housekeeping things. If you like the show, go to patreon.com slash tacticalcrouch. Follow us everywhere at Tactical Crouch. And a big thank you to our patron producers. Refine Bean, Ferdino, Pin, Battlecrab, Kuchikopi, Lulshin, Rex Zane, Audio Compass, Kasha67, Shara, Nathan, Your Misery, Hunter Tained, Fable Steven, Roger B, Owen, Chris R34444, Horbjorn, I listened to this podcast whilst on the toilet and in the shower thinking of Yiska, and Peace Camper. Thank you so much for... yeah. That's really, somebody really took the time to give us money to change their name to that. So, uh, I wish your, more people would change it. It's hilarious. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. It <laughs> is I want a money. Poop Feast 420
2: meme. <laughs> there you go.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> uh, there's getting, like, getting rid of the clean tag in the first 20 seconds. Get them out.
0: Yep. Get it out Kids of there. Kids leave. <laughs> there's uh, the door.
2: <laughs> That's a window, dude.
0: It's an exit to the house. Smith is about to break out this wall. I'd like to. See, I'd pay to see that. I'd make that a patron. Uh, Joe patron Buster drywall. Man. Yeah, dude. I would just you would just have to come through and go. Oh yeah. <coughs> um, be good. Kool Aid Man it was great. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's talk about some stuff here. I actually want to go backwards a couple days though, because Yiska, you. Uh, you posted a pretty earth-shattering article. Was it yesterday?
2: Oh, I saw what you did there. Uh, It was yesterday, I think so, yeah. Um,
0: yeah. Talking a little bit about some of the formats the uh, that have been proposed um, for the upcoming 2021 season. I don't hmm. want to butcher it, but I do want to talk about it with you because it's pretty interesting. So it, as far as I understand the general gist of it, Um, I think there's a few kind of big takeaways there. One was uh, the potential for some contenders teams to play in Overwatch League in the Asia region specifically. Yeah. And then a shorter season going from April to September, April to October.
2: Right. Uh, Um, September, yeah.
0: September. Um, What else am I missing from that so that we can have a good convo about it? Okay, so first off, once again, I got to
2: preface this by saying this is, of course, a highly, uh, like, it's, it's a proposal. It's not at all signed off. Um, of course, it's like whatever plan you might think you might have for next year will necessarily have to uh, stand up or like will have to be changed depending on what's going on next year uh, in the world. Um Other aspects that were in the report was that they are trying to get um, live viewership for Asian Games, and at least to get the uh, North American teams um online, if possible at all. It, this is always like caveated with like <coughs> if possible. Um, there's one more tournament, I suppose, which would be the mid-season tournaments where where uh, the Asian region and the North American region get to meet each other um so okay now we're like i'm i'm speculating a little here but it sounds like we're definitely not moving to a um a tournament structure but rather we still keep the league structure by having teams qualify for those tournaments through whatever uh, amount of games and um so that's one concern that showed up in the Reddit comments uh, that sh- maybe needed some cl- clarification. Uh, like, there's there's nothing for me to uh, in in that information that suggested to me um, that we're moving away from a leak. Um, otherwise, yeah, the big one is the um, the contenders integration, especially in Asia. Because keep in mind. Uh, NYXL and the uh, London Spitfire will return into their home markets pretty much as every team uh, should probably be expected to. And that leaves an uh, Asian region as we only have five Asian teams with only five teams. So there needs to be something in order to make that feasible. We, we kind of... Like 7 was already not that much, I feel like, for this season. It already felt quite repetitive. And therefore, to... To introduce some, um, I assume that's the reason, to introduce some uh, variety. That's one approach. Mm -hmm. Like over the last couple of weeks, we have heard several proposals, though, that have been brought up uh, in these circles. And uh, one of which uh, entails like having a rotational amount of North American teams going over. Um, for one respective tournament, and therefore, like equalizing the amount of teams to 10 10 at the, any given point, which, if that is at all feasible, also sounds like a good deal to me anyway. Like, I like the idea in general. I like everything about what I, what I, uh, what like, or what our publication was told. Mm. And um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm quite <clears throat> happy with, with what I'm hearing, basically. Yeah, I
0: I, guess the yeah, go ahead, Joe.
2: The big thing that like kind of
3: concerns me, at least a little bit, is this idea that there could be, and there there isn't like a too far off world where like a contenders Asia team, whether it be like contenders Korea, I mean, if we're gonna be frank, it's probably contenders Korea goes (laughs) into this Overwatch League tournament and you know does exceedingly well, if not, you know, maybe perhaps wins. Um, is that something that we like? I don't know. i I really don't know if that's something that's going to be good for like the longevity of the league. I think I, I I think I know your stance on this, Yeska, and i I know exactly where it comes from. But I don't know if that's something that and and I shouldn't speak on it. Like I'll let you kind of set your piece, but i I don't know if it's good for not only the optics of just like oh i thought this was supposed to be the best you know teams in the world which obviously is we've talked at length about how that's blatantly not true um but is that good for the longevity of things is this you know in response to maybe the new contract structure coming in with 2021 like is is that something that you maybe have changed your stance on or do you still kind of like have that same like firm like if they're bad they should be bad
2: Hmm. So, you're specifically talking about feeling bad for teams that could be overrun by... Well, uh, not necessarily contents? just feeling bad,
3: but just, like, being bad just overall. Like, just bad for business, bad for, like, public
2: perception of, like I don't the know, league. Yeah, I don't think it is bad for business. Okay. Um, so, okay. For one, I actually totally forgot this, but, um... What's his name again? The, the guy... The guy that uh, roasted you on Twitter because you said Profit was sleepy—that was. I mean, there's a few podcast. of them. There was a few of them. That was in on our podcast. The CEO of Soul. Oh, uh, uh, Arnold. <laughs> Arnold. Yeah. I always want to say Albert because, like, I know it's with a, and I know it's a overlook oh, oh, watch person, yeah. but that's of course gay. Uh, so, yeah, no, but uh, that's a ch- suggestion uh, from May mm. to to do that. Honestly, I like the incentive. Okay. I understand that to franchise-loving Americans, where you buy into success into a league, that this is a weird concept. Mm -hmm. Um, I also think it's a great incentive to not have a bad team. I think if there's a region that can invest into not having a bad team, it's probably Asia. Um, So there's really no excuses in in terms of that. I think we have the unique... um, makeup of the scene over there for it to make sense. Meaning, we have pretty strong contenders teams there uh, sure, regularly yeah. that also do very well in scrims against watch League teams. Mm-hmm. Meaning they, they aren't just going to get stomped. It's actually going to be interesting. um We don't have the unique... We, we probably don't have a problem with underage players competing in these tournaments because they don't have... Ha- they won't have to travel. So point, yeah. we're kind of like... Uh, working with, with the limitations there and just, like trying to use the limited. We can't travel. Okay. That has some upsides though, right?
3: That's still, that's, that's that, that raises a big question. It's like, okay, I can't play in the Overwatch League if I'm not 18, but I can play in contenders and win an Overwatch League tournament. So, like, what's the
2: point? I mean, obviously I think it's like point the point. only reason there's an age restriction is because probably it's very hard to have a legal guardian present at all times when right. you're playing around the group. I think that's probably, and depending on where you need to travel and what the Overwatch league wants to have in their league down the line. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, I know like f- for Germany specifically that they're very strict, um, like labor laws. What what can be uh, done right. at that age? But yeah, like also in terms of broadcasting and everything like that. It's it's very convoluted, right? Hundred um, percent. And and but, I get it. Just to, I, to finish, like the entire yeah. point of just saying, like, I think it's a it's a great incentive to have teams n- not slack, and I also think it builds extreme excitement uh, to do that. Sure, yeah. I'm I'm not yeah. sure if if even the teams that get slooped will necessarily lose at least on the business side doing this,
1: unless unless they're getting smacked around all the time. This, the only concern I have yeah. is in theory what happens if a contenders team or multiple contenders teams actually end up doing better than overwatch league teams and it's not like a one-time it's not like a Mm one-off it ends up being like how many times they play like three tournaments and all three tournaments a number of teams just get smacked around by contenders that then becomes a bit of an issue to me so it's like one thing where i think in theory you're right it's like it will it will force the asian teams to want to build better rosters um but what if they what if they don't? I don't know. Like it, it's there's always a world where I think it there there can be a bit of a negative on the business side um, if you are consistently losing to contenders teams and now that's kind of exposed to the public. Um, and my bigger fear is for like you know not to downplay them, but what if you've got like a full Chinese team like the Chengdu Hunters yeah. and you're playing against like the number one contenders career team, which is probably extremely extremely damn good. Like let's not around the bush about that then mm. that could actually be an incredibly hard game and you sure. may lose to them three times in three tournaments sure. and your fans are not going to be happy about that um and, and to some level there is this kind of you will admit it's like this false um narrative of the overwatch league teams being the best in the world and like right. in some cases yeah when you talk about the Shark, you're talking about you know the shanghai's and stuff like that they they really are but then you yeah. look at most of the overwatch league teams like top-level contenders career teams can absolutely hang with them if not beat them. So, you know, just it, it kind of ruins the illusion because on one hand, it's like, guys like us will be like, yeah, some of these Overwatch League teams are definitely not the top in the world. Mm. But for the regular fans, they never get to... They, they don't see the evidence of that. But if you something like this then suddenly exposes that to be potentially the truth, um, yeah, that could mm. be a little bit damaging, in my
2: opinion. Yeah, right. I think, okay, there's several things. like. For one, with the new, uh, new contract structure, I think teams also have the ability to, they definitely have to, to leverage to performance much more quickly. 100%. Like in this particular instance, with for Chengdu, who I agree would probably the, be the most likely team to be smacked around, I think there's a unique opportunity next, at least this year to have like a, a pretty competitive all-Chinese team um, based on the performances of uh, Chinese Xuxi. contenders in right uh in comparison and i'm i am i I'm, I'm really looking forward to the uh, to an episode with like an, a china expert um but it, it, in in general like i think yes it can be damaging but what we also might see is a very clear narratives where it's like okay this contenders team is smacking this team around Maybe they need to start recruiting some players from that particular team, or maybe they need to bring a coach in from there. Also, I'm not sure that if upholding that barrier is even valuable, um, like if you can emulate what, what barrier? the barrier between contenders, like this psychological barrier between contenders and uh, Overwatch yeah. League, right? Where it's like Maybe it's good for the competitive environment to put the mirror in front of some teams and say, okay, there's this guy that pays his players in ramen and bunk beds sleep time. And he's, he's clapping you uh, on the reg while you're uh, investing a lot. Maybe your system isn't working. Now, of course, it's never this easy because there's also... Like meta-dependent fluctuations, where you can genuinely like, as a very well-prepared team, let's say Mm -hmm. not like the shock type, but like, let's say like a mid-tier team. Who comes to mind? Like mid-tier teams were weird this season because, like, if I say the Dallas Fuel is a mid-tier team, that doesn't say much because, like, they had such a variance of uh, performance. Atlanta, maybe. Yeah, Atlanta. Yeah. Even though Atlanta probably, yeah, okay, let's let's take Atlanta, right? Uh, maybe slightly above average. Like, um, I think like the the meta dependent variance there is pretty considerable. Where if you if we continue with hero pools and they luck into bad hero pools in like two of the three tournaments, mm-hmm. it's absolutely possible that the the best contender team. Now, keep in mind, we also don't know how they will be selected. That's always like one of the issues with these where it's like the selection method of things matter a lot. If I run a hero pool, let's say, uh, for a month and, or, okay, no, let's say for two weeks, right? As we have had it. And then the, uh, like the, the competitive format switches for the tournaments, where sometimes like it's it's like we don't have hero pools. Mm. But there's a new patch. And then if that contenders team qualified based on these updated relevant to the tournament uh, selections, that means they're probably one of the best teams in the world playing on this particular patch in this particular type. So the selection, if it was very close to the tournament, would be probably so powerful. That they absolutely would like even even though like in aggregates the contenders team would not be like a, a an average tier p- team, they could absolutely punch up into the top five based on being selected for the particular meta that they're very good in. Now, of course, we know nothing about the selection method. I could not even find out what the wildcard teams are mm. that were would be receiving the, like the definition of wildcard, like who might that be. Yeah. 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 Um so this is all very, very, uh, like, I, I don't know how it would even work, right? Sure. Like, there are very concerns also about, um, like, um, mm-hmm. conflict of interest. Can, can even yeah. uh, an academy team uh, participate in these tournaments playing against, like, you know, can sure. Team CC play against Shanghai Dragons? I know yeah.
1: because, because like and that's the other thing is because CC would likely be in this. They are the best Chinese mm-hmm. team. Assuming right. they remain the best Chinese team, they're gonna be in it, and Shanghai's gonna be in it. So it gets a little weird. Um, 100%. But I, I don't know. Like you look at the situation, and it's almost to the point where, honestly, I if if like politics and like other considerations aside, if you just want to see the best tournament with right. the best teams. Play the best okay. games, then this yeah. is a great idea. And I yeah. think at the end of the day, that sounds really good, but then you have to, you can't ignore the other factors. And once you add the factors in, then it's like, you know, you start talking about the conflict of interest, you start talking about, you know, you, the buy in stuff and franchise versus non franchise. And it, it gets quite muddy. And it gets to the point where I could definitely see this being a discussion internally um, where it kind of fizzles out between the ownership Mm. groups and and Blizzard because it just gets too complicated and it's too difficult to implement, despite it sounding really cool in theory. Um, And then another option looks more feasible. And and the thing is, is I I do like this option, but I am addressing that there are going to be issues there, Um, but you're going to have to fix the fact that there's only five Asian teams. You're not going to just be able to be like, well, just make more franchises happen. No, someone has to pay for that. Um, you, You could fly in teams from NA, but then that presents issues as well. Uh, and honestly, I, my favorite solution would end up being move five teams from NA, maybe on rotation, and so you have five NA teams versus five Asian teams, and then ten teams still in NA, and you play it that way. But you know that still presents many logistical issues in a right. world that's still pro- that's still going to be affected by COVID. Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, so that doesn't sound feasible either so if they were to implement the contenders part of thing where they drop the contenders teams there's going to need to be a lot of rules and extra clarifications and extra little like you know so many asterisks is there to be like well it has to be like this way and, and it can't be that and right. you know at that point i almost think asia will will probably not be allowed to have academy teams because yeah i think the conflict of interest stuff is is pretty real so at that point. CC probably can't be affiliated to Dragons and Jinji. I don't know. Like, are Jinji going to be allowed to have a contenders team? Probably not. Like, those things might have to be real considerations.
3: And even as you're kind of talking through it, I'm like thinking in my head, like, okay, if it's like a league thing and you don't want like the franchise costs to be like leveraged against you, then like, why not make it just like a one off tournament, like in the off season where it's, you know, you invite Overwatch League teams, you invite contenders teams, and they, you know, they duke it out. You still run into those conflict of interest, you know, woes. Is, Is there a way? I guess this is more of a blizzard question. If there's a way to be able to do that feasibly um, without completely like barring academy teams or like just trying to limit the conflict of interest as much as possible. It's there's not a good solution. COVID definitely uh, has impacted esports to a, a severe degree. And like you said, I think that the, the best I think best uh, practices is probably to
1: some we, sort of rotation. Would we agree that the biggest conflict of interest could be something like you play up against your academy team very early on, mm-hmm. and there is a there's a potential risk that for the outside world anyway that this team's this Overwatch League franchise's academy team intentionally throws so the Overwatch League team can proceed. Yeah. That's probably the biggest issue, right? Because you, we're in a sort of space where the Overwatch League team is meant to be a they they're meant to look better, um, so does the Academy team throw to make them look better? And then obviously you want the, you want the overarching team to be the one going further. So it's almost like, it just here's your free buy in the tournament, have fun. And our Academy team's going to sandbag this one through. That's probably the biggest risk, I think.
0: That's as well.
3: I mean, there's, it's difficult to see either way, or I mean, maybe there's a fringe case where you have like a, a really, you know, a really hot prospect on your Academy team and like, Oh wow, they beat the team. So you're like, inflating the cost of this player's buyout or this team's buyout on your academy and oh, you could, try to yeah, could go the other later. way later
1: right? yeah yeah the league like, team could throw for that reason too yeah sure Where
3: you really try to like increase artificially i i don't know it's <clears throat> again it's it's just a proposal um one that definitely i think the spirit of it is good i think Oh, the Overwatch League and the people at the top understand that like things can't continue the way they are, not only because of COVID, but because of the the impossibilities of trying to do this traveling circus, right? It's it's too difficult to 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 manage. Um so changing the structure to something more Call of Duty esque, like we've seen, I think it's definitely something that um has been well received. Is it, it could be on the horizon. Not exactly like Call of Duty, but something similar to it. Um, any,
2: any other thoughts on that? Any other interesting quibbles? Here, here's the one thing that is so big that I don't even know if that's bridgeable in any way. Mm-hmm. Which is basically like, what if it is really, really good and then next, the year after in 2022, the world goes back to normal. We can travel again. Everyone wants the localization. But we also kind of want the contenders vibe, but we won't have it anymore because once again, franchise owners want yeah. their teams to have playtime. Like the only way I see, it, see this working at all is, mm-hmm. um, is like, uh, I, I don't even know. Like, so, so for one, it would be very interesting to, you. you almost don't want academy teams to be those that qualify. But you also only want Academy teams to qualify because they at least have paid some fee through them you know, like Parent yeah. But you also maybe want to attract new uh, Asian teams and by showing that there's still markets there undispo- uh, unexplored like sh- showing off these contenders teams that can be uh, competitive. Like if, if an if investor came in and was just, oh yeah, this team actually wins a ton of tournaments What about that? Also, let's think about the fat-tailed case where it's like what if there's one team in Contenders Korea, everyone is 16, so we can't sign them to Overwatch Mm. League teams and they are slapping every single tournament but cannot be in the uh, season playoffs. Can't be in the league. Yeah. That's, that's a nightmare. <laughs> like, that's, I, I don't know how to solve this. Maybe there's very smart ways to do this, and maybe we sure. don't care and actually invite them to the playoffs. But
1: hmm. <laughs> the playoffs,
2: <laughs> it needs to be like a long term solution, right? Like, there needs to be something where we can say we feel good about this next year. And I, I, I also think that while, okay, let, let's also very clearly say this. Mm -hmm. every contender's region needs help sure but we already have a pretty big asymmetry in where the uh, players are coming from for whatever reason and to not have the same kind of support in the North American and uh, European region would further that divide that while I personally absolutely don't care where someone comes from, mm. I think that is a, a not an irrelevant case for um marketability of the league down the line unless we figure something out about eSport's um promotion, which we currently are really aren't doing a great job of. like we have so many little bridges for for instance, let's take the Korean player base, right? Mm-hmm. where it's like we have Swing Chip, we have gachanshun we have lushnul we have denny am i missing someone that also does frequent translations i don't so get sure to see some... there's a, there's probably a good handful fewer, of people, right name. yeah but th- it's like time, but... that that's like we we haven't worked this out so mm. um yeah it, i don't know like if that span uh increases, then we gotta figure something else out in general, right? Yeah, hundred percent Yeah. But yeah, that's uh that's the
3: the proposal again to reiterate for the you know the listeners, it's this is not set in stone. This is not necessarily going to be coming in twenty twenty-one. This is just on the table amongst many what? things, like Yiska said.
1: Which, by the way, is really interesting, because this is the kind of thing that stirs up discussion. Mm-hmm. Because it's just in the proposal phase, there's, like, a, right. a, a really actually high chance... I am going to say non-zero chance, but that's maybe understanding it. There's a reasonable chance that Blizzard actually sees the, the discussion, and that maybe influences their decision as well. So, maybe in some sort of way, indirectly, Yusuke, this, like the article, and then also the following discussion, not just what we're talking about here, but, like, probably, mm-hmm. you know, you look at what the fans mm-hmm. are saying, um, sure. maybe influences what actually happens. I mean, it's... Right. Um, if nothing, if it—if it's not Blizzard themselves looking at it, it's the teams and being like, oh, actually, maybe the fans are not going to like this. Or, I don't know, something its It's not uncommon. Like, we have seen, you know, contracts and stuff falling through in the past with Alien and all that. Um, right. After stuff has been leaked. So, I don't know. I don't know this changes something internally for the the ownership group after some
2: of it being publicized i'm not too sure right and let's keep in mind that uh we like uh, it's it's hard to be part of the relevant discussion for us because it's like who really needs to dig it is the asian scene Mm -hmm. right like they are the ones that are affected by this more so um i think you we kind of proved In season one that you can run a fine tournament uh, or league with just uh, 12 teams so with the 15 that we have in theoretically in uh europe and north america like that region won't be hurting right and i also i don't know what's actually happening with the european teams um Mm. like i can tell you the the pings to asia are pretty bad they're not as bad to the east coast um, so, like, ping to the east coast on a really good day can go to like ninety. Um, from Germany here, and then usually it's 110, 120 I would say that maybe was playable. Like some some other players played on that for a long time. Mm. I'm not sure if it's super good for an entire team. No idea, right? Like. Sure. you gotta see, but yeah, in general um it's a it's a, a an interesting idea like i just I just love everything about this because it's so daring like so 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 exciting in what it could mean, right like that's a paradigm breaking uh suggestion oh, that probably will be killed, but um yeah. What do you guys think about the surrounding thing? So, of course, this one is going to be like a wild card, right? Like if that is actually going to happen. But right. what do you guys think about the league only happening in April, like starting in April and then going into September's allegedly?
1: It's like it's like a short. see. How many months is that? I got to just imagine it's like five months. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a short season. Right, so sounds like we're going to be we're going to be really squishing things together a little bit. Like how yeah. many games are people playing? Are we still doing like the same number of games,
2: or I don't know? Exactly. Uh, it would have to like that's what also what we thought. It's mm-hmm. like when you do the math, we only had twenty one games this season over the uh, for, for every team over the regular season time, and if you look at the active play weeks, I think we would probably even reduce more. Um, and for an A, for an A, it could mean just everyone plays each other once. I'm not sure how that would work with strength of schedule in terms of qualifying for tournaments. Mm Um, like that's, that's just what I'm deducing. Maybe we're playing twice the amount and just like, because, okay, this is a weird one. I've heard from teams that there are too many games and there's too much to prep for. I've also heard from teams that the pressure is on them more because they have like the fewer games they are, the more the individual game matters. And therefore, if they had more games, then they wouldn't have to stress so much about the one. So, like, it's it's a weird situation. Yeah.
1: What about broadcast hours? I mean, that's just the game. But like, wouldn't teams for marketing like when you want to be on broadcast more when you want more games for that reason? Yeah, um probably. Yeah. It. but like if you if we're playing a similar number of games is it going to be more like i mean in theory do you have to do your five-month season is like what every week you put pl- is, is four days of broadcast a week like you're gonna have to have more broadcasts per week right it's not going to just be like a weekend thing or anything like right. that you're gonna have to be running stuff all the time um mm-hmm. and you're going to be repeating the thing where like it could be twice a day because you could be doing na and then asia like six right. hours later right in the same day. Right. Um so it sounds like it, it could be quite a lot in a short amount of time. Um, what I can tell, so there's a couple of things here. What I can tell you is, a, it's going to be a huge amount of off-season time between now and then. That's like six months, oh. right? Between mm-hmm. now and April could be as long as six months in terms of. I mean, it depends right. if we're like, what do we when do? We start April first, then sure, you'll say it's less, but um, it's roughly six months, which is a ton of off-season time. Um, it is also just going to be a lot of time where people are kind of. Out of work as well um considering like if you're a cast on the overwatch league and you're only contracted during the overwatch league time like you mean this is this is reasonably public because right. mitch already uber's already seen mm-hmm. a lot of this stuff um, but like and unlike the first two years where i think they were contracted for the full year whether they were working on the league or not um this year was like they were contracted specifically for the duration of the league from the start of the season to the end of the season but if this is the case, like the start of the season, the end of the season, like five months. So if, if you're an Overwatch caster, or you work freelance the production team, or you're whoever that is not like working for Blizzard as a full time employee, you're kind of just working for on the Overwatch League, and the Overwatch League only happens five months there. Right. I don't know. Do you, like I don't know if that's going to be like enough for some people. Like that's uh, exactly. not really like a year's worth of work anymore. Like you're going to have to do some other stuff um, when less than half the year is what you're doing for the Overwatch League, and more than half the year it's going to be something else.
2: Look, we, we've also talked about this, that a lot of the Overwatch League casters are currently flirting with Riot in a l- little bit, right? Like, so I should just put out... Actually, I really enjoyed... But like, if you no, guys at all like Valorant, concept. I really enjoyed the... um the Killjoy uh, analysis video you put out today. But it's very good. Like... That is not something that should be underestimated of like maybe it's it works very well with, with whatever your agency can do for you, where it's like five month months burst, and then you can still fully participate uh, in the off times depending on the esport you want to go into. Otherwise, like maybe you wanna be in the build-up phase of this developing esport. Um, and maybe there are developers that are willing like to, to shell out whatever to promising talent, right? And five months is a small paycheck if you only get paid for that, especially if you have to set up your permanent residency um, in the, in the uh, location that you're uh, booked in, right? So that is definitely like a huge concern. Um, I will also say, okay here's the elephant in the room that everyone just automatically assumed was going to be the case based on the delayed start. It's like, line is in January, so we're going to get Overwatch 2. That confirms it, right? I'm not so sure. I think there's a valid concern by the ownership group to push the season as far as possible. Because keep in mind, these guys still want to bring bo- like people into arenas. And the longer we wait, the more likely that is to, to be yep. the case. Right. So um, I don't know if we like, if that at all communicates if Overwatch 2 might be coming out. Of course, like, I to- totally agree that there's a pattern there. It's also like if BlissConline announces it, teams get early access to the beta, they can start playing and uh, practicing. For, like, that's the timeline I would want to have for that to, to happen. And may- maybe we, we launch Overwatch two in the launch month or whatever, right? Sure. Yeah. That, is, that is a valid, like, pattern that you might impose on there. I caution towards that interpretation because I sincerely think that there's a lot of incentive for a league that counts on localization. To be held as late as possible into the cal- calendar year, um, taking sponsorship dollars in, in mind, because I remember last year um, there was something about broadcasting rights as well as sponsorship yep. um, that limited the league how long it could go. Because there's something about time slots on television uh, when they need to be filled when when sports leagues come off, uh, like you know, like breaks or when TV shows are running out or whatever. Like there's a time slot that needs to be filled uh, and you choose the opportune moment, moment that, for that to be done. So I'm sure there are similar factors behind the scenes that we don't know about and a dozen of them, right? So to, to limit it to that big pattern that admittedly looks like a uh, Occam's razor, of course, right? Like we haven't heard a bunch. We've delayed BlissCon, yeah. but at the same time, I I'm skeptical. Simply also because we haven't heard anything.
1: I am more surprised, not by the April start, but but by the September end. And look, in a regular mm. season length, we normally end in September. We ended October this season because of, you know, delays with getting to well right. the quarantine and stuff going to Korea and all that. But if you're gonna start in April, I would have assumed that you just end later as well. Maybe you end in November right end your season, start april end your season in november but they stuck to at least based on the report um for now like they're sticking it sounds like they're sticking to the september end season time which is like well i don't know why you wouldn't just extend it out further i mean there could be some really good reasons for that that i'm not mm. aware about but it just seems like condensing it down to april september instead of just making april november or something is weird to me
2: mm-hmm yeah I mean, this it alone just strongly suggests less games. Uh, yeah. I think. Like I, I think that's that's probably pretty likely that this is going to happen. Um, I, wonder, Which, I wonder I wonder how... I mean that kind of opens up a pretty big topic
3: though, like is that, some, is that necessarily a bad thing? I know that yesterday, you talked about you know having teams you know comment to you on both sides of that coin <laughs> saying you know, hey. You know, mm. lower games means more impact on each individual game, but also the the player fatigue and the coaching fatigue in particular is incredibly high with the high number of games. Um, we know this game is prone to burnout. It is one of the highest turnover rates probably in all of esports. Um, would a low do you do you both think that a lower number of games in total across the entire season would help to mitigate that?
2: Um. I think it can if you prepare your team for those instances. I also think that tournaments do a lot for team no motivation, even if you have been stomped out of uh like half a season. Mm. Um, I think I think it's yeah, I don't know, like I, I feel like any more games than we had. I don't know about you guys. I had pretty bad uh, view of fatigue. I also. Like watched probably ninety percent of the matches live, so that's maybe a little bit different than the normal user. Mm. But also the length is like, I felt like the four weeks didn't almost didn't reset my tolerance just yet. Um, oh really? Yeah, I think I I could have like I could have done with like two more weeks or some. Um, I. Just of course, I wouldn't have pushed it. I'm just like saying yeah, from a feelings point of view, right? Hundred percent. Um, I also think here's here's another implication of the mm-hmm. let's say we have less games, but we have a tournament more, uh, which is the mid. I mean, we were always going. We were always going to have the mid season tournament. This is something new, to be fair. Right. but we wouldn't have had the tournaments around it.
3: True. So, like. It's the two ideas are coming together, which is good, but it, I just want right. to make this like very clear to people that this year we were supposed to have a mid season tournament and it was canceled due. I think it was, that was like the start of COVID now. Uh, yeah, I think so. I think it was around about that time that they had to like put a halt to that idea and the planning about it. So like we're, we're going to get that in the future. Right. And I'm glad that they're sticking to it and never kind of came to fruition. But yeah, I'm, I'm glad that that's coming back. It's a good thing. Um, Avril, your thoughts on
2: quick, lower quick. number of games? He's, yeah, go ahead. Here's the here's the one thing. This implicitly means we're going to have more tournaments to regular season matches, meaning we have will have more high quality matches on but, average.
1: But the, but then then like I don't know, just the it sounds like the regular season matches just have less impact because unless you're counting yes. the tournament matches towards the season as well in, mm-hmm. in some sort of more meaningful way, like yeah. at that point, just get rid of the regular season matches. If there's so few regular season matches, there's more tournaments, yeah. then what's the point of the regular season? It just feels like it defeats right. the purpose. Um, I don't know. Like- I I kind of would prefer, uh, I'll be honest. I definitely watched much less than 90% of the game's live. Um Uh, but like I don't know, I'm I'm looking from a fan perspective is like would fans be okay with just seeing less of their teams and less Overwatch League in general? Mm. Like I can be honest about the fact that downtime for Overwatch League fans, like it sucks because the time between the end of season and the start of season is always the worst. And now that is gonna be the worst of ever of of any Mm. season between now to April is gonna be insane. And I have a real fear that by the time we get to even like February, people are like They've really just forgotten about it. Unless Overwatch 2 releases right then, people yeah. are just going to start forgetting about Overwatch uh, pretty quickly. Uh, but it's not even that. A, it's...
2: To be fair, they were... I think I read an article with... Okay, don't pin me on this. I'm not going to like misreport anything. I might have completely dreamed it. But I thought there was an article about uh, them wanting to try to get a World Cup going in some form. Oh, somewhere in in the in the off season, and probably around Blisk Online, I would think, right? I I would imagine
3: so. I again, I, I wouldn't know how that would
1: work. Uh, yeah, yeah, logistically. Online what? World Cup, yeah. but then it's not even world. It's just like it, it's like online Asia Cup and online Americas Cup. Do you know what I mean? It's like yeah, probably, it's not yeah. World Cup. Right. Um, and you got to start promote promo for that fairly early on I mean I won't use past years as clear examples because it's probably not fair because for past years you have this massive group stage the World Cup where you're doing all of these like stops way before Blizzcon Mm. Um, this just sounds like more of you know last year's version where no it's just that Blizzcon and that's it Um, but I don't know like the best they could do is an online World Cup or they could attempt to do it like an Asia Cup where you might be able to get a land going. You big emphasis on might, you know, in the early months of next year. Um, but I don't know, like can you can you really do a World Cup? Uh.
3: I think it's definitely the idea is to do something to kind of bridge that gap so that you we don't just have a good what six months, like you said, you know, of downtime between now and the start of next season. Um I'd love to see a revitalization of the preseason bring that back I think you know having the date it depends on exactly where like the roster deadline kind of like locks and where that meets up with the start of the season Whatever plan they decide to go forward with I'd like to so see that Overwatch actually League. like
1: taken that's you're talking about Overwatch League though right Overwatch League preseason yeah, yeah. yeah like an any, Overwatch, League pre-season?
3: Overwatch League preseason
1: but then anything Overwatch League before the actual season start it's like mm. if you're willing to do that then just start the season earlier sure know, yeah like, you might as well like, just, that, that to me also defeats the purpose 100%. of delaying the season because if you're gonna do, if you're gonna start doing some Overwatch League stuff, then just make that the league. Like that, you don't need a preseason then Sure. That that when your league starts, so it's got to be. To me, it's got to be like not Overwatch League. So is it contenders? Mm-hmm. Do we start so like contenders? A of,
3: yeah.
1: Or do you start? Do you start to do some other stuff? Um, like I, I don't know about anything regarding a gauntlet. Do you just do the gauntlet? That that. Do you know what I mean? Like, what, would you do yeah. something that's not? I don't know that you can do a World Cup, but I wouldn't mind the attempt. I wouldn't mind trying to do something just mm. because there's literally nothing on and having your esport dead for six months is like that's bad i don't think that's a good idea um so yeah. something's gonna happen but what Um yep. and i don't know that yeah. it can be Overwatch it might have to be like a non-overwatch league thing yep.
0: yeah
2: i i will say contender slotting in there like i'm not sure if it's enough but that would be amazing I think that could really help contenders. Like, if the people actually have the itch. Sorry. It's the lowest hanging fruit, in my opinion. Right, right, makes sense. Yeah, and maybe it's a signal with those skins and everything. Possible. What? Yes. Like, it's not a lead for me I'm just, I'm just eh, saying. Like, <laughs> to idea. Sure. I, I don't. Right. I don't actually know anything. I'm just saying yeah, it'd be yeah. good. I. It feels like okay. So, for those that don't know. Today it was announced that through watching Overwatch Contenders, you will be able to unlock Overwatch contender skins, like this with sp- special, like gray, green, whites. And yeah. every stage, like every month, there would be two new skins that could be unlocked. And the amount of time you need to watch is actually quite steep, I think. So it's for one skin, it's seven hours. If you want both, I think it's 15. Um that, suge- that number suggests to me that there's going to be a lot of contenders being mm. streamed in the next couple of months. Um, like if we're, we're basically tea leaf reading this entire episode, guys, by the way. Like sure. We, 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 are actually we haven't even gotten to F5 the season.
3: Don't, like, even, <laughs> don't even wait. We got a whole hour of speculation out of you, so strap in. <laughs>
1: like <laughs> I said, I got nothing to do for hours and hours on end, so I'm, I'm ready. <laughs>
3: But yeah, I, I would I would like to see Gauntlet and the uh, the showdowns. I blanked on the name. It's been so long. Um, I'd like to see those tournaments return. I, I was excited for them. I'm excited to kind of catch up. And that's kind of what I want these podcasts to kind of like not supplement because it's not playing. It's not overwatch. It's just kind of refreshing yourself with a new talent that could be possibly coming in in a way. It kind of supplements a draft in a way. Not, not to say that you know you're picking from the best teams, but you get to see the new talent. You get to see like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if Boston picked up that guy? Why I picked Boston there, I don't know. Because, let's face it, I don't know that uh, anybody would be super thrilled with that. But yeah, it. I'd like to see those come back, and if that fills the gap, then I think that'd be good.
1: Personally, yeah, I definitely the highlight of my year. I'll be sure about that. Um, mm. But, um. I think we can all agree that, like, there's a a lot of things that need to be done. Man, COVID has really screwed some stuff up, hasn't it? 100%. uh, (laughs) That's an understatement. And I'm sure Uh, the the
3: reach goes farther than where we're at right now, like business expenses, you know, budgets this year. Again, it's it's up in the air. When we look at, you know, I don't know if you want to jump into F5 season with that, with, you know, what London's done recently. Right. You know, with releasing. 90% Ninety percent of the roster, the coaching staff's gone. It's it's matching the reports. Again, is yeah. this is this a decision that's been made made based on
1: COVID's implications? I would wonder. I I probably have to say yeah. I mean, it could be just, uh, that combined with the results. I mean, if we're start, if we're going to get sure. into the stuff, I mean, let's not beat around the bush about London's results this year. Not yeah. the best, um, and Ooh. it's not right. it's not uncommon for teams that end up with these kind of results to do these
2: kind of things, COVID or not, in my opinion. Were they the seventh best team in uh, Overwatch League for you? Where they landed eventually? No, they were 17th overall in the ranking space. I thought you said
1: seventh. And I was like, seventh in Asia? Yeah, I I maybe would give them seventh. Sounds about right.
2: Uh, They were were sixth, I think. No, they were seventh. Yeah? Yeah, they were seventh. They were under track there. Okay. Um, which is great for Chengdu, by
1: the way. Seventeenth. Um, oh, so, who were they better than? That means they were better they than. They were Boston. better than the Titans, the Justice,
3: and the Uprising, but they were worse than the Outlaws. It's the team above them.
1: But then you, but then you saw Justice in the playoffs, and you're like, "Well, that can't be accurate anymore." Sure. Uh, they got hard smurfed by Decay being on that team, but I don't know if you can <laughs> definitely you helped. Think? Do you weigh justice's results based on just the playoffs or the entire body of their season? Is the bigger question there? Uh, mm. I'm just trying to think. Can is there, is there any other teams that you could possibly say?
2: Oh, oh god, we have very different opinions. Uh, I think I'm- they're the the Asian Valiant. Asian Valiant I think they could have been. Yeah. They could have been. They They stayed in... Like, if it all... Okay, I'm not sure. If it all stayed open, that would have changed a lot. But let's say... Because, theoretically, like, they were on the East Coast, a European team. They kind of did the league like a solid one by going over. Also, of course, based on the, the players. But, like, they probably wouldn't have to. And... Probably ha- could have played in that uh, in that region, yep. and I don't know if they necessarily would have finished far away from Atlanta and Glad's. They would have probably been worse than uh, Valiant yep. but I don't think much worse. I think they would have been better than Dallas.
1: I think they beat they. I think they beat
2: the Texas teams, yep. right? Right. I think they
1: probably I think do so. that. They beat the Texas teams. Um, they Beat up on Toronto. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. Wouldn't be surprised at all. Like, I think they could be like a strong middle of the pack team. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't for the fact yeah, that the Asian teams are pretty good in general. Um, but I also think like, maybe like them being in Asia kind of upgraded them a little bit. Like you can make the so, argument mm. that, they, that in NA, they wouldn't be as good because their level of practice would be worse. And right, they'd no. fouled for the treasures because they don't get to scrim, tennis, career teams, either. you know, like there's all of that. Right. Mm. Koreans at home in Korea and comfortable. Instead
2: they're stuck right. in like play or somewhere in lockdown. Right. You know what I mean? Like You don't know, uh, yeah. There's a lot to to say about predictability. The only thing I'm being sure. the, like
1: the key then. thing is, I think the thing the, the picture we might be trying to paint is what happens if you take London Spitfire, who spent all of that time in Asia, and you flew them to NA for like a playoffs, then what would happen, right? Because then they get all the benefit of having stayed in Asia, having played in Asia, having improved in Asia, and then they get to come back and beat up the Texas teams.
3: Mm-hmm. Nope. Yeah, I, I definitely would feel doable again. It's I mean, to to your point, like it's the Texas teams, it's, you know, the Titans, it's the justice, it's Boston. Like, it's very obvious that North America had its fair share of punching bags this season. And I and I think London was done a disservice or did themselves. I don't know exactly why or how or what led up to them moving to Asia, but they could have stayed in NA or, or again, maybe it's out of their hands on that front. But if they had the opportunity to, they could have stayed here they could have just performed well above and that kind of returns us back to the big question of like is it results based i don't know i i really do think they had something decent going yes they unfortunately had to play in asia and yeah the results there weren't fantastic at all but they had good pieces they had things going you know solid for them they had a good base to build on
1: and they they're actively choosing not to and it seems like they're can I be honest? I, I think this may it, like results in poverty. Aside, this may actually also just be like a market thing where uh, there is a strong possibility they think about moving towards more of a Western roster or like at least a at least right, a Of course, a minimum yeah. of a mixed roster. But then, then I thought, like, if you're going to go for a mixed roster, surely you keep some of the good pieces from your Korean right. team, Right, you keep
2: a couple of good pieces because why not? And um, currently, the best pieces are still on there. What you would keep is someone from the coaching staff. Right. Like you, unless,
1: unless internally you've where they have more of a, you felt the coaching staff actually weren't ideal. Right. Like maybe something internally there was like that we don't know. Like maybe there was some right, right. issue with coaching staff.
2: Mm-hmm. So, one thing, and it feels like almost like a Mandela, in fact, at this point, is London did play five uh, homestand games the, at the start of the season. And they started out losing to the New York Excelsior and the Paris Eternal. Fair. Fair. And then they map fived, map five one against the Justice, the Outlaws. Not the finest teams to win, but nope. also against the Mayhem. Yep. So like their score, at least against Eastern teams, and keep in mind it's very different. I remember like Babel being a young god on the on the May. Um, so <laughs> yeah. That That's that would probably like the meta would have probably switched around a little bit. But I will also say, in my mind, this was always a roster that was going to become better across the season simply because like it was so many rookies and it was a very good coaching staff that mm. down the line could have upgraded uh, in terms of cohesion and everything. Because keep in mind, like these players didn't have pre-existing synergy or anything. Uh, we're also pretty late to the party with everything. Um so i think this like i was excited by this team and they also had exciting like sometimes exciting um results in the asian region like bringing shanghai to game five what do you mean Uh,
3: by excited (laughs) where did your excitement come in because i very vividly remember you coming into the preseason like dude london's getting slapped like they suck they're getting bodied in asia like this team blows so where did when did that excitement
2: really um, hit? I think like I I remember basically rehashing the sentence that this is was a team that was going to gain. Sure. The season and I, because because I put a lot of stock in uh, Pavane. Sure. Um but like it's hard. Like they were definitely crushed 3-0 quite a lot of time. They were also a team that brought Shanghai to game 5 twice. Um like, I don't know. It's, it's hard to say. And it's also like, if you're, if you're getting beaten and you're on a streak of getting beaten, it's, it's pretty rough, yeah. right? To come back. Yeah. It's, it's tough to bring that shit back.
3: Yeah. It's yeah. Not easy, but yeah, the, the world is London's oyster, I guess. And that's not the only team this week to be, you know, F5-ing their roster. Not only our Twitter right. feeds, but the Houston Outlaws is uh, oof,
1: whole oh boy. Um, sure. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, London went on an 11-game loss streak after beating Hangzhou. They lost 11 times in a row. That's including Summer right. show cup and the actual, obviously, playoffs game. Of those 11 games, they had a 0-3 result five times in a row. Five yeah. in a row,
2: a 0-3. Yeah, that's, so, that was brutal. From In August, uh, basically.
1: Mm. Uh, yeah, from, like, from July to September, they, they lost every single game. And during August... There were five zero threes there.
2: Just I would say, one of those, like three of those losses, is one weekend where they just had had to play Friday against Seoul, Sunday against uh, Saturday against Sho- uh, Shanghai, and then once again I against saw. Seoul on yeah. Sunday.
1: I casted, I casted the O three Shanghai game for the Spitfire, and I also yeah. did the new game. I felt oh, that bad. In fun, right? <laughs> I felt bad in that game because like they they had their fans there live, and this I was like, oh, oh. my god. I Better it for their fans. Um, that's the thing as well because I, I did I did like kind of start to really buy into that team a little bit because mm. um, of stuff I was doing with the Spitfire. But yeah, I felt bad about the results. Anyway, that's that's all I wanted to close out. right oh, yeah,
3: that's a that's a fantastic point. Like again, there's there's probably a lot of factors on why London had to you know or or is choosing to rather part way with the team. Is it COVID? Is it performance? Is it marketing? Maybe trying to play more to their market. Who knows? We will soon see, hopefully in the the coming months on what a majority of these teams are end up doing, because again, London's not the only team that's just flipping the script. Houston's out. Let's see. Link's or Mooma Blase's out dreams out like it's just the house is empty at this point. But to be fair, I did see a clip of links are saying on stream that they aren't getting rid of everybody. Um, Yeah. And to everybody who is, you know, going through the stages of grief. Yes, the opportunity is there for the Houston Outlaws and and for any of these teams rather to go and look at. re-signing the player. But if we look at how things went last season. The success rate of that actually happening is slim to none. So I think it's probably safe to say that if you're off the team or if your favorite players off this team. You know, pour one out. It's probably not gonna. They're not gonna be re-signed. Um. So, any thoughts on Houston first with Lynx or Muma Blase Dream? Um. Jexa. Uh. Anybody else I'm missing? Just, just an absolute pruning of of the Houston roster. Uh, do you think it's warranted? Do you like the picks that they
1: chose to get rid of? I see Links. Links could probably find a bit of home. Personally. Sure. I think Linkser might be able to find a better home anyway um but maybe I mean would you That's do you think he was one of the better I had,
2: I had on minds when when I thought okay who's gonna find a better no? would you say Linkser was
1: one of the better players on that team anyway like I don't know he turned into one yeah yeah so he's probably one of the dudes that him being let like, go from the rosters like I don't know maybe going to free agency is not bad for him um But uh, this is the kind of roster where you look at and you start thinking, this feels a little bit more potentially results-based. I think Mm. this roster has been struggling for a while either. Like This is the end of the original Houston era that we know. I mean, you already started losing pieces like Jake and stuff. Like He was kind of the face of the team for a long time. You lost Rorkus to Valorant as well. So you started losing quite a few bits and pieces of that OG Outlaws roster, but now you have you've definitely lost it. Like that OG roster's gone outside of Boink. Did yep. Boink sign originally? So he's uh, the only one left. Yeah, he's probably the
3: last one. And not to completely yeah. derail you, um, but coming in quick, we heard that Junk Buck left the shock not only hours ago, which was definitely on the notes. We were going to get to it, so we might as well now because he's the co-head of coach announced on Watch or Checkpoint XP, I believe. A uh, is that a report or? This is an announcement from, uh, I, I believe they're partnered with the Houston franchise that uh, Junk Buck will be joining the Houston Outlaws as a co-head coach along with Harsha. When did that do you released? Really is that, that like right just, now?
1: Just now, dude. You got you uh you got the juice. This is chat, right through, dude. This is yeah. This, this is just. chat. This is <laughs> chat <laughs> right. yeah. I thought you had your finger on the pulse. No, 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 no. This
2: is this <laughs> is chat. Like just this feeding is- it, pumping it straight into my veins. <laughs> it says beasley and everything and someone needs to tell me who this website is because like it's it's a it's like... a
3: it's a a beasley media owned like radio station that does east oh is there. it is yeah right so like they're kind of i don't know if they're acting on behalf of announcing it but um right, right. i've got to believe it it seems official but there again um if you want to suspend disbelief until you see it officially announced on their their social media and and through pr i think that's also a safe bet but it would make sense it would make sense that a junk buck would be a target of you know a rebuild right if another crusty alumni coming in trying to fix up this roster and this franchise and and making it successful when wow. they've struggled in the past it's definitely a a possibility so i don't think it's too far out of the way of you know belief Mm. okay do we like do we dislike thoughts on
1: the hot juice that's got to be a good thing for houston right i mean that's a pretty big pickup so that's a good start yes yeah
2: oh yeah um so this is kind of out of left field of course um Hmm. yeah you're right okay i thought this was like Someone not respecting an embargo or something. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> would be the um, first time. So, this is pretty crazy. It's also mm-hmm. co head coach, which yeah. is interesting. That So, that means like Harsha and M, uh, would wait. That's part of the article, right? I didn't misread yeah. that. Uh, with the 2020 season over, co head coach alongside um, Harsha College Bundy. Ch- yep. 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 Okay. Very good. Um, yeah. That's an interesting one. Um, so I think Junkbug is very smart about the game. Um, I think that works very well for the outlaws. I think also there's something to be said about like just being able to coach that. Um, it is interesting that they decided to uh, co-head coach this.
3: Yeah, is this one of those title things where it's like is acting more as a
2: GM rather than a head coach or is or just as a leadership personality in some sure, regard, right? 100%. Like yeah. Okay. This is interesting. Yeah. Okay. Um I mean, nice, but um yeah, I got to I got to give this a good think what what the implications right. are here. Um I also like you got to assume that all those decisions that have been made were made with junk buck at the wheel then. Right. And some of the, the non renewals. Okay. Dante said his contract ran out. We could look up on the, on the, um, free agency. I think there's some, didn't we like last year have like the free agency thing that said how much longer people would have their contract. I'm pretty sure Dante's ran out. Uh, I think Jaxis Jank- was not picked up which is interesting. Yeah, that's surprising to me.
3: That was kind of that was the one that really sh- shocked me. Um it's somebody that looked to have like a fantastic season on a right. you know pretty mediocre team, somebody who's you know, had leadership um accolades pinned to them and and kind of touted around them for a long time. It's it's surprising for that that kind of caliber of player to to not be Picked up again for a for a plus one or for a, maybe even just a renewal. It's weird. Again, I, I'm I'm interested to see what uh, junk bucks outlaws look like. Uh, I have to assume that it's going to be for the better, but I think this is where the work really starts. Like you've got a tested and proven piece at the, the front office, but what else? What comes next? What kind of pieces? What what can we expect with this team? That's that's the that's when you can really start to figure out what the the houston outlaws are really going to look like but avril right. what you think
1: i mean this is um i think a positive sign for houston i and it also mm. seems to me i just my my intuition tells me that junk buck obviously got headhunted like this isn't like shock drops right. him and then he's looking for a new home it's more like houston like i want that guy and they got him mm. so um, they, they, they probably threw money at him and they trust his ability and they want to take a rebuild seriously, which is great for the team. Um, mm. and I know, I know Houston fans should be pretty pleased about this. They should feel good about this. Yeah. Um, and I'm honestly, I'm looking forward to Houston having a good team, having some good, potentially good results and, you know, drop the kind of reputation that's been dragging them down for the past year plus, you know? So 100%. I feel good about this. I feel good about this change.
0: Now also watch. keep
2: in mind, Harsha is also getting someone that's a known entity to him, like mm-hmm. coached together for seven months uh, on the shock, then um, like coached together during the uh, USA coaching stuff. Yep. So that's definitely a known entity and it also has Harsha like, written all over it in terms of like both being able to attract a coach of that caliber as well mm-hmm. as making the choice um, of him. Yep. Now, what Chad is accurately drawing some
3: some interesting eyes towards is the connection, as we've talked about many times on this show, between you know a main support open uh, spot for the Houston <laughs> Outlaws for oh, Junk was- Buck, you know, coming from the Shock. Boths speculative contract status is he a free agent is he looking for a team nobody knows um is, is that once again duck duck hunting is he is he hunting ducks is is junk buck bringing over moth to fill in the shoes of jexa i guess would be the big speculative question and if so how well, do we how do we think
1: about that dude, is that something I- we like Unless Houston are going to throw absolute bags at Moth, Moth should stay on shock knowing that he's going to have a starting position sure, and he's yeah. on a winning team, and they could go they could go for a three-time, and if they don't go for a three-time, they'll be making a super deep playoffs run again, mm. I'm sure. So it's like, yeah, he, Houston would have to be throwing absolute bags at Moth for him to want to jump ship, in my opinion. And And to yeah. be fair,
3: he deserves it. I, th- I don't yeah. think he's in a position that to lose like he could stay on shock and, you know, perform well. You know, the team's going to do considerably well. Maybe they go for the three P if not. OK, cool. You still ride off into the sunset with, you know, a, a metal place finish or you go get the bag. Go get paid. Somebody hands you a blank check and, you know, you ride off into the sunset, leave perhaps leave esports and, you know, create a life for yourself. Like, <laughs> I, I don't think this kid can miss right now.
2: It's also two ducks, uh, Joe. It's both Who's the other one and junk book. Yeah, sure.
3: I mean from definitely right. f- working with moth, yeah. Definitely yeah. two hands increases the possibility. Right. So Interest. That
2: that has me excited. If th- I mean, let's keep in mind they have solid pieces, dude. And I was would also try to get Dante back. Like I don't yeah, think people like yeah. it's like people don't like respect what, what this kid brings to the table, I feel like i don't think he's okay is this pro is this even controversial i don't think he's 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 much different than ksp
3: i think he's i i I understand what you're saying i think the the caliber of player is the same i think they're different players obviously right just just to kind of get in front of that i think they're very different players they have different tool sets they have different skill sets But the caliber of talent that they have, especially being a Western player, cannot be understated. I I wouldn't I wouldn't scoff at somebody who told me that Dante is like maybe a top a top five. Again, this is kind of just hot take a top five Western, you know, DPS player. I don't think that that's crazy.
2: I don't don't think so.
3: So why? Why is why are Houston deciding to pass on him, especially when if memory serves, both these coaches have worked
2: with him? They didn't pass. They did just. Sure, did They just the didn't chance re-sign. to. Yeah, and I mean it also depends. Probably like okay, here's here's where like okay, you you got Jungpuk, you sure. got Harsha, and yeah. of course you can just recruit
3: all the old players. But
2: right, you have Mecco is not a definitely not a bad player. Sure. Um, who else is Repel? still remaining? Repel. Yeah. Okay. I'm not sure on if that's that, a big on? draw. Yeah, but I'm talking like you got antidotes.
1: I repel Mikko, I think. Yeah, that's at least right. right.
2: Now, and that attracts other talent. If you can, like, communicate, we are actually going to rebuild. We are going mm-hmm. to be the mayhem of this season. Sure. Um, And we're going to, like, we're done, we're sick of it, of being like this typically out- outside of playoff finishing team. That never is really truly terrible, but also never really gets like super good other than for like a period. Then, mm. and then if you can say, okay, we got the new personnel, so we got the new uh, new leadership structure, we got rid of a ton of weight, we're attracting like these. Like it, I think the domino pieces fall as, as soon as like one or two great players sign for Houston. And then it's just like, okay, this is this is now the the new team to go to. Do you think it's players or
3: coaches? Which one would you put the more? Uh, which one would you attach more allure to? Having somebody like Junk Buck or Krusty or Nine K at the head of your team, or or sick pieces like, I don't know, profit, like these
1: flashy, like all. Are you allowed people? to have both? Cause that's what sure. You have, I mean, you if you can have both, I think that would be the best case. <laughs> so you, that's you have, how you have a real winning team. Is you need both. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but if you had, if you had to pick one or the other for the both of you, which one do you think attracts
2: uh, the the better allure from the free agents? Dude, if Coach I if I'm a player and someone yeah. tells me I can play with Krusty, I don't care if if my teammates are toddlers throwing Legos in my <laughs> way every every second. <laughs> Like, th- I wouldn't... I think that's the better deal. I think a great leader and coach makes your life way easier than having uh, good teammates. Mm-hmm. And also, coach will drag the most out of uh, out of the team. And also, like, we've had this debate a lot in the uh, recent weeks. I also feel like this number, like, we don't have more than five real coaches in the Overwatch League. Five is a little, like... You you couldn't even name me every coach in the Overwatch League. If we did one of these <laughs> um these quizzes where the you had to type game. in, yeah. You would you would get seventy percent, dude. Don't don't give me like you know whatever everyone wants t- doing and like especially the those that um don't speak your language. Like that's that's mm. not a reasonable take. Uh like for for one, for instance, someone like Moby Dick or nobody knows about this sure. kid and he's, a, he's an Overwatch like genius, right? Mm-hmm. So Like that, this I don't put much weight on that number. What I will say is, there's definitely a lack of leadership in in Overwatch. Like I've written an article about it, and that is something that needs to be addressed. And I don't want to I don't want to disrespect anyone, but I'm not sure if Junkbug is someone that solves leadership issues for you. That's why you have a head coach or co head coach rather. Right. right you have somebody who has
3: proven to be a good leadership figure who right. has you know attracted talent around him being harsha i i and to your point i think i'd i'd rather kind of expand it you know i think leadership is needed in esports in general um but not to completely you know derail mm. Avril, where 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 do you kind of sit on the fence on that do you do you, would you rather be yeah, a coach um, or a player
1: so the 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 argument comes down to would you rather be on a team that doesn't look like it's got a good, uh, good players, but the coach is really good. And you're assuming the coach brings up those bad players to become really good players. Um, or you want to join a team that has got proven good players, but maybe you lack the leadership there. And I think the interesting thing about this is if you join the team that is a good coach, but bad players, then you're assuming that you're going to get good players. So at the end of the day, it's you, you end up coming back to having a team with good players, whether that's through them already right. knowing that they're good or through that your belief that the coach is going to make them good. Um, and I mean, are we also assuming that if you join the team with the players, you know, I don't know—is there you you assume there's not going to ever be a good coach there, or could they get a good coach? Like, um, it's uh, dude, it's such a hard one because I'm almost. It would depend on like the reputation of the coach, and at some level, by the way, like even if Krusty, Krusty was coaching uh, some really average players, he could probably improve them. But there's going to be a limit there where True. you. I just feel like even with an average team, you make them slightly above average. Like, what's the potential of of these players? Like, can they actually be on like a top level players? Because at some level, um, no matter how good the coaching is, you're you're gonna have you're gonna have a case where your players are just lacking in individual quality, and mm-hmm. you may have like really strong leadership and really good like teamwork and strats and all that kind of stuff, but your play quality is is low enough that you get outperformed by just better players. Um, because we're assuming that every team in the Overwatch League is going to have some decent level of round level of work of teamwork and strategy. It's not just going to be like a literal pug. Um, That's what you hope anyway. So I don't know. Maybe I lean slightly more more towards a team with good proven players and a strong roster, Um, Mm -hmm. and then maybe you can still pick up a coach. Uh, It seems like maybe a bit of a gamble, even with a good coach. It's like, well... It depends like you still have to look at that roster i don't think you could ever just go like here's you you here's five players that exist on this team i'm not going to tell you what their names are but you have to trust me because i'm crusty um more so than like if you had like a blank slate like here's no there's zero people on this team but crusty's a coach then i'd probably right. go you know what i mean like
0: that's mm, maybe a more attractive
1: right. deal
0: right.
3: yeah it- it's it's getting it's getting hot. F five season is getting very
1: spicy. It's get, Getting pretty crazy. Yeah. And you're gonna be yeah. f ing for a long time, guys. Six months yeah. worth of yeah, F5-ing. six whole months worth <laughs> of uh, yeah, <laughs> was, uh, half whatnot. a year of f ahead of you.
3: Now this is you know Houston was not the only team to do quite a bit of uh, trimming, but I don't know that we'll have too much to talk about with the Florida mayhem um, parting ways with Karayan, Byram, and Chris. Any any kind of how is Cookie still there?
1: He's still there,
2: right? I believe yeah. so. At least from last I checked, last I okay. fived, Kuki's still head coach. So. And to be so, fair, Twitter is currently down overall in the US, so oh, it might have been let go. You wouldn't find out <laughs> <laughs> because it
1: tells you that, that that is like probably the main thing uh, that the organization, from their standpoint of what mm. direction they want to head, in it tells you if Kuki's on the team. It just looks like, you know, Kuki wants to pick up some new players and drop some sure. pieces, whatever. If Kuki's gone, that means the Mayhem as an Org want to do a bit more of, like, a overall rebuild, so.
2: Look, okay. I'll... The, the, the big one is Sire Player, and right. from what I'm hearing, this kid is also absolutely cracked Does Valorant. that surprise you, though? It, no. Does that shock <laughs> not you not really. that this kid's cracked at the aim game? No.
3: No, it's, it, it makes a lot of sense. It makes a whole lot of sense. But what's weird, what team is he playing on? T- a Western team? <laughs> T1. Sure. T1. T1 is oh, a agree. Korean team and a Western team. Nah, it's going He's to be playing useful. the Western team. Are you he's sure? He's playing on Western team. I'm pretty, I'm, sure, he's I'm pretty sure he's playing, playing the Western what? team. I do a joke I'm, here. He's I'm, on the Western team. I'm pretty yes. sure. Spider, as we should get used to calling him, is playing no for way. T1 in an a. I'm pretty yeah. sure. I'm pretty sure as well. What? Which which to me is yes. like Wild, but all signs point to Dude, don't
2: do him like that, bro.
3: So the source for oh chat asking, I believe one of the CEOs had said this is our fifth. And that for me points them towards NA because they had just announced a former CSGO player as their fourth. So again, it's a it's a loose confirmation. And I'm not saying he is on the NA team. Yeah, it
1: I'm is. saying it like like looks too. like it. No, oh, here, I have the proof. I have the proof. Okay.
2: My mind is blown. That's the proof. What's it? Yeah. He's playing in NA, guys. As wild as it is.
1: Joe Marsh as... is the CEO of T1.
2: Right. Oh, so I clicked on the. So. We will now have I, a team with
3: Brax, AZK, Skadoodle. Dudes and No, we're going to
2: have I buy power I by spider. I by spider. I certainly I did like spider. that a lot. I
1: certainly paid for that.
2: Uh <laughs> no. Oh. no, that's crazy. What? It is wild. <laughs> it is wild. Dude, if they if I they... can't wait. Mm. Sire, they, can, if they, they want to trade you any knives, game. bro. Just say no.
0: <laughs> and you can
2: still win mages. Say right. what? He said if they if they
3: try if they try to trade you any knives, just say no, and you know you can continue <laughs> your knives so. Yeah, no, no
1: skins. <laughs> the good news is in this game you can't you can't trade the skins, so we're clear. That's right. why Joe want went like, you know what, this is a safe bet.
2: Uh, <laughs> imagine! Imagine if humanity had uh, evolved to a point where we had real currency other than CSGO skins and mm, seashells. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, like, but, but this is okay. This is what blowing my mind. I was about to say, okay, this is like exciting news, but not that amazing. But this is. I'm transcending right here, especially like what kind of Ross has been built build around. And I, I hope the, the English works all out. This is this man has a four man backpack pretty, pretty much like and Brax sometimes gets off and helps him. Oh, come on. But those are Brax that short. Yeah. OK. Brax <sighs> Outside is of top 10 and nice. a team. No, but Brax is nice with it, but hasn't uh, been has for a, a while. A I mean, let's let's look at the right. team that's been around him. Let's bring it back in, in like. Sure. We need if, to talk if John was here, we, he would be reeling it We're in. So
3: in, in, in good spirits is now on T1NA. Very exciting. Right. Tune in for Friday for more, you know, uh looks into that. Florida releasing some weight, Karai and Byron Chris. Final hey. thoughts on that. Are we surprised? Are we, you know, sad to see him go?
2: I'm not surprised. I will say I had some pretty harsh words in the preseason for Chris, even when um sure when albert was on mm-hmm. um and i thought like i have a tweet from 2017 saying chris is a ship anchor for matter athena i thought this kid would have had to retire for the longest time i will say he played 20 hours for the florida mayhem as the only main supporter on the roster yep. with byram only picking up four of those hours during the double flex support matters mm. and he did admirably well I'm not sure if that should translate into further Overwatch League employment. It depends on the meta, and it depends on what the roster situations on other teams will be looking like. But he definitely had a solid season and also deserves the recognition for playing a very good um, Mm Brigitte, for also like not being... like, Like, being someone... That doesn't stand out in any way on a roster, either positively or negatively. That is top five in its region, is a good thing. And for that, like I'm, I'm, he's also like Overwatch League uh, or Overwatch royalty at this point, having been with the games for so long. So there's definitely, despite like the criticism I had for him in in the preseason last year, it is kind of a sad uh, departure from. Mm. From the mayhem also because my gut tells me he's not going to find future employment mm. yeah.
0: everyone what'd you think Pressed by anybody um i probably didn't follow the mayhem as
1: closely as other people but yeah i don't know these Fair? these players are probably not the standouts on the team mm. um i don't know that this is like a massive loss for them i think they're kind of just doing a bit of pruning here and i mean Maybe they keep Sire if he doesn't leave for Valorant, but the other three, I don't know. I don't. I don't see these names, and I'm. I'm not shocked by these names being dropped. Yeah, yep. I think that's the
3: the big takeaway. I I will say that I think Chris did definitely surprise me. Not in not in a overly positive way, but at least he was. You know, he he grew to be serviceable as as a very um, noticeable weak point going into this season. And and to his point, he did kind of you know sure up those weaknesses and and wasn't a complete liability for the mayhem um Byron also had had a quite few good performances to to kind of toss around and he's found his way onto teams in the past so he must you know have something to him so maybe he lands on his feet and i've i've always kind of quietly cheered for Kry cry and i think he came from contenders mm. korea as like a a quiet prospect not anybody who i would put to or, or peg rather to win a championship but to build out a a tank roster for one of these new kind of not budget teams, but for somebody looking to rebuild, I think it's a, a solid piece to start. So I think like some of these players are going to land on their feet and I don't, maybe there's a world where Chris does, you know, I think he's maybe, maybe, maybe not. It's, it's not specifically for playing for him. Maybe he steps into a coaching position or a player coach because he's been with the game for so long. Now he can kind of like pass that knowledge on to the next generation and, uh, you know, teach the next kids how to, out of play. So hopefully that's the case and uh they'll do well. But moving on. Um we have Boombox and L H Cloudy both looking for teams now. Um with uh, LH Cloudy having a some choice words to say about the gladiators coaching staff going into the playoffs, which I thought was interesting. Um thoughts, questions, concerns on Boombox and LH Cloudy
0: in the off season.
2: Do they need boombox now that they have alarm?
1: Probably I mean, not. That's, that's oh. that. That's the number one thing that comes to mind for yeah. me. Is like alarm just kind of straight kicks them out of the team. You know, like boombox is it's a permanent to bench trade for alarm. I mean, nope. <laughs> what do you what do you do? What do you do when you have alarm on your team and your boombox? <clears throat> Hope for a double support, uh, flex support, matters,
0: pretty yeah. much.
3: But even, even with that, like it's and maybe maybe it's rose tinted glasses, maybe it's, you know, um just the absence of seeing boombox on the field as of late, but there are the, the flex support talent pool is so deep that it's like, okay, we could have boombox. Or if I'm Philly and I'm willing to, you know, send people blank checks, I could have Myunbong.
1: No offense, Boombox, but Yunbog's kinda sick. Do you know where Boombox should go? He should go to the London rebuild. I don't hate it. I do one, hate it.
2: That's the one. That's the one slot where I see him. Yep.
3: I do yep. not see much, unless there's another team that's just doing a
1: budget build. And... He could be the face of the team. He's from the UK. Yep. Look, yep. this a, a London rebuild could look like Steel Fusions take Boombox and go from there. I don't know. Like that could yep. be a, a road that they go that starts down.
3: on a good foot. I like it. Plug in some some decent. Uh, Yiska doesn't like it. <laughs> You gotta look at you gotta look at what you're giving. You ha- you, I can't no. be signing mag, bud. You can't just run try
2: on. to beat the Boston Uprising <laughs> next season,
3: though. I think you definitely
1: could with that.
2: I don't think so. I think oh teams- also
1: Boston would sell. If Boston gets an offer for a play, they sell. I'm, I'm 100%, like 90%. But I don't care okay. that
3: London has the money to be able to buy right. fusions out for how expensive could fusions be?
2: Nah. Okay. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> here's, here's, the, here's the thing, right? I, I, I'll give you three names that are currently maybe relevant, the one sure player are. we don't know. Yep. And you got three seconds to decide, and you give me the one name that you want to see on the London Spitfire if you were the GM, right?
0: They are very similar names.
2: players, okay? Okay. Yeah. The names are Fusion, LH mm-hmm. Cloudy, and Numlocked. Oh. Three, I want four, num-locked. two, one.
1: Alex Cloudy, <laughs> I don't
2: know. <laughs> right. <laughs> Neither of us said if Fusions, if, to be fair. What if Fusions, what if Fusions
1: just kind of like, I don't know, he's just in the Boston spin cycle, and everyone just can't perform in that team, unless you're Myung Bong and you're literally a god anyway. Um, Like, what if that team just makes you bad? I don't know, like, it makes you look bad, even. Like, what if you get out of that team and has. you could be much better? Like, I think, what if your Fusions, you get out of Boston, and suddenly you're a much better player, surrounded by a mm-hmm. better team, or bit of everything. Like, I don't know, Like I think that's a real case.
2: Sure. Um, and there's also 100%. the pre-existing connection to uh, British Hurricane of course, nope. um, with Fusions. Um, I don't hate either three of those main takes to be
3: fair, but I think right. Numlocked has... I think it would probably go Numlocked,
2: Fusions, LH Cloudy for me. Really? My yeah. gut feeling tells you're, me. You're really big first, on Numlocked. And I like Numlocked a lot. But to me... The only one that had elite performances this year was Cloudy. Sure. I'd agree. And he didn't play much, but like...
0: I don't uh, think
3: this team's looking for elite performers. I think they need like a... I think they need like relative familiarity,
2: and I think both of those other players give that to this team. And I'll also fire one off for you. Maybe this is my national bias, but... I might I yeah. say Hardy over yeah. all of three, these three.
3: I think for where they're positioned, I think it's a decent enough. And again, like we have to look at London with exactly what they're, you know, proposing. If, if they are going to be tightening things for the overwatch league and they don't have all the money in the world to spend, it, you, yeah. you have to judge Hadi's them with free. what
2: they have to spend.
1: Yeah.
2: Hadi's free crumb. and is young, hungry, probably signable on a minimum sure pick up all of hurricanes
1: on 50k each
3: i i genuinely wonder how that would go and it's not like a bad wonder like i don't think they'd be last they're probably not they're not shooting for titles they're not you know going for rings or getting bags (laughs) they might you know flip a player or two but definitely not getting bags No, no bagging. There, it's a rebuild season. You have to it's look one at 2022. can they share
1: between six or seven people?
3: Yeah, it's, <laughs> I, 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 feel for them, and I maybe that's the case. Maybe, maybe that's with. But you, you know, get to
1: that's be the league, you get to be a full-on pro, and you get to play for five months,
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> or maybe just three weeks, <laughs> depending on the contract
3: you negotiate. Depends. Depends. Right. Yeah. Um. If memory serves me and and chat can correct me if I'm wrong or fill me in if any th- news breaks, but I believe that's most of the big talking points in terms of F5 season. So again, this is like what day two of of the off season really getting into the swing of things. I'm sure as the evening progresses, we'll see more news drop, but um, I think we'd be remiss if not to ask several about the Overwatch League Finals and uh, how how he thought that went as well. So uh, shock getting the 2 P. Soul in the Grand. Where where do we sit? Do we like it? Do we were we surprised?
1: Well, a little sad for Soul. I mean, I'm happy for Soul as well because they made it to a final. But Soul, mm. this is the closest they've ever come to realizing the dynasty, which is their namesake. Right. Sure. Um, but look, you can't shocker just. Without a doubt, the best team they ever constructed in the Overwatch. So that's it. Right. You can't beat that. You can't. It's too good. How did you see it coming into this, though?
3: Did you kind of like expect Shock to be as good as they kind of showed? Did you kind of think Shanghai? <sighs> I think Shanghai was definitely like a, a community favorite pick to kind of win the entire thing and maybe not even be. That I don't know. I don't know, I don't know if it?
1: the I don't know if the meta ended up being good for Shanghai. Like I think mm. Shanghai kind of rode off the back of like fearless on the non like felix like not on a wrecking ball or a hog and they end up having stand one playing it's just like oh this feels like a downgrade even though stand one might be the better hog like having a hog meta is not great for them and then mm. I don't, they also wrote off the back of lip somber a lot uh lip flitter combo and nothing against dm dm is a great player and you need someone like dm to face up against Arns. but if you end up in a sniper meta and you go up against Arns, it's never fun even if you have dm um, and then you have this like crazy striker performance on a Hanzo. I didn't even realize his his Hanzo was that good mm. um, and I think at the end of the day it's not a huge surprise to see how Shanghai didn't end up making it. I also think not having Lee Jagon on a Lucio downgraded their team like I think you really want like by far Lee Jagon's best hero is Lucio, and I'm of the opinion that I think he may be the best Lucio in the league. I might be biased because I've been a fan of this guy for a while, um even in contenders. But um, yeah. So him on a mercy just doesn't feel as good. So Shanghai, this meta in terms of the hero pools and what their players are playing, it just feels like a bit of a downgrade. And I think shock. Um, I don't know. They're, they they. Everything seemed to click for them. Arns on, on Widow, like that's you, you've landed on the perfect meta for you. And then uh, Super ended up being a surprisingly good hog. Like I didn't realize Super was going to be that good at hog. And um, I actually, when I was reviewing some of the earlier games in the playoffs that were not the grand finals, they played Smurf on hog a couple times and it was legitimately worse than Super on hog. So I'm glad they made sure that Super got as much playtime as possible in the actual grand finals. And now this year, for Super's sake, he actually gets to win a grand finals instead of riding right. the bench. It's it's well deserved, and I think shock.
3: Uh, yeah, it was it was it was a good run. It was a again to your attack or your point. Um, it's it's surprising. Um, I'm avoiding the pun as best as I can. Um, that you know a team can go through everything that they went through this season and and really land as as strong as they have. Um, and and kudos to them. I, I think they deserve it. And as much as this off season is pointing me in the direction I'm, I'm fighting the, the feelings I'm fighting the urge to, to get frustrated with them because it looks like a lot of their core, a lot of their stronger pieces. Um, and another member of their coaching staff is, is leaving. So if, mm. you know, as much as we want to think about a three peat, is that even feasible with the direction that they're going, I, if there's a team to do it, it'd be them, but that's that's a that's a that's a tougher ask.
1: Who's who's leaving?
3: A junk buck, moth, who else? I don't know. Oh, we is don't he... know
1: that Moth is definitely leaving. Sure, we Go don't ahead.
3: know that he's left, a hundred percent. Like again, you have to leave that open and the the re clarification on his, you know, uh contract status was it does raise some speculation. I I don't know. I, I I lie on the 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 worry that you can have the hope that these players are going to be re-signed, and and to be fair, maybe we maybe he hasn't even maybe his contract hasn't expired. I at this point I don't even know how to feel about both's post, but it didn't sit
2: right. well with me. For I mean the that's the pattern, right? Like right. what we pointed out over there with uh. Houston, but yeah, I mean, they had several things I'm looking forward to with the new shock. One that really intrigues me is this comment when they signed uh, Tayo, mm-hmm. where Krusty said something to the effect of, "Like you guys aren't even prepared. What I'm, what I'm about to do with this kid. It's like he, or something like this, right?" Sure. Yeah. He's like, it's like?" Yeah where he wants to, like, take his sweet time and just raise this kid to be, like, an insane player. And I'm really looking mm. forward to this because if we think about Tayo as a player, like, he fits a crusty mold to a T, I feel like. Like, that's the forbidden name, Sinatra type of player that can absolutely flourish under, like, a six... Can you imagine being in a hyperbolic time chamber f- with Krusty for six months, and then just popping out in April and just being a god?
1: Like, is this like, uh, is this like the Captain America: First Avenger movie, where like Tyo is Captain America before he get, he gets the Super Soldier shit, and then <laughs> 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 Krusty yeah. is like the German scientist, and then just boom, there it is. We just turn him into Captain America. Just,
3: yeah, perfect. very well could be. Very well could be. He's he's definitely talented enough to do so. Um kind of tangentially related, but you you kinda of brought up DM Avril. Um is this is this just another, you know, aimer that just is long for the Valorant world? I'd
1: love to see uh, DM over to Valorant. Well, I don't think DM is gonna join an uh, A team like CyPlay just. Sure, like, of course. Um I, it would have to depend on what Shape Valorant looks like in Korea. Like if 100%. Korean Valorant looks really good, and you can't be asked waiting six months, which is probably going to be a lot of people, it might be too enti. It might be a little too enticing to pass up. And you could even, by the way, you could even look at it from this lens. He may, in the Overwatch League season off season, decide to play some Valorant, and then Overwatch League starts again, and he's like, and you, you know what? You know what? I, I get more. I get more money in Overwatch League. Shanghai uh, giving me the bag, whatever, and then he goes back for five months, and that's fine. And then off season again, he plays Valor. I don't know. Like, the, the, why not do both? If he can do both, he could. Who knows? Hundred
2: percent. So, it's also like one thing about that that I just like realized. You know how Huxal kind of said he's going to take a break from Overwatch, but we'll be back or whatever. Yeah, this kid just got six months of Valorant like, to play, basically, to just, like, chill out and become, like, a beast. We'll get to New I mean, York,
1: I'm sure New York's gonna I'll, have- I'll say one thing, I'll say one thing, for all the really good Korean players uh. that are just, like, bored now that Overwatch has finished, you got an insane number of Korean FPS god-tier aimers sitting around in Korea right now, what are-, are they? are they just gonna play ranked Overwatch all day, or- they're gonna kind of give someone else a go, you know. Like some questions. Mm, yeah, definitely gonna be sapping some talent away. But
3: I think that does it for us. Unless there's any last little points that anybody wants to raise, you know. Speak now or forever hold your your
1: peace. Who cool. who were we talking about before, dm just trying to remember, I think I had something to add there. Uh, tayo? no, tayo. tayo, yeah. Um, tayo. I will say that I think he needs, unless Krusty's got something really nefarious, I think Tayo does need a projectile meta. Like, you need mm. some sort of Genji meta, possibly Far, like maybe Echo, like something like that. In a meta where projectiles are super relevant, I think that's when Krusty can really unveil his version of Tayo. So that's hmm. kind of what I want to say on that.
2: Interesting i i sometimes wonder like maybe okay i think it's a very simplistic like type of approach to think okay this kid has sick mechanics you give him to crusty and this guy is going go to make him also a genius i don't think that's even what crusty looks at but sometimes like because he also looks like at the ability to comprehend and like have the mental bandwidth to like understand or to gather all this information and make good decisions and whatnot. I'm sure that also plays part of it. But part of me sometimes thinks what, hap- what would have happened if Corey would have gotten to-, gotten to the shock. Someone like that who's just like an ungodly FPS talent to the maximum, has some of the most cracked reaction time in, uh, in, in FPS. Like insane uh, Hand-eye coordination, in generally, of course, we also see saw so Zarya, so um, maybe <laughs> maybe there's such a thing as as just like being good at that. But he never. Sorry,
1: I was making a joke. So he's saying no one's perfect. Like he's got all this going for him, but then you see Zarya. Yeah,
2: right. Mm. Yeah, and uh, uh, keep going.
1: I my response to that would be I, I think. I mean, we just described Arns in a way as well. It's like, who does Corey replace on the team? Uh, you're not you, you're not going to do like a right. five DPS roster like Fusion have, right? You're gonna you you want to I I think Frosty's smart in that you want to have a roster that makes sense, and for everyone to be playing something that makes sense for them. And like Arns striker in a double hit scan meta where you can play Widow Tracer. Uh, you've you've already got like the best tracer in the world. You've got like the best Widowmaker overall in the world. Maybe not in the one v one versus DM, but like just overall as a team Widowmaker. Um, Striker then is able to pull out a crazy Hanzo. You've got one of the most flexible players in the world in Rascal. And so you round out your four DPSs with a projectile player. That makes the most sense to me. Um, Mm. Where does Corey fit in this team? He would have to replace Striker or Arns. And would you do that? I wouldn't. I think Corey's a great talent, but you don't replace Striker or Arns with Corey, is my argument for that. Yeah.
0: Okay.
2: Yeah, Yeah, no, no. Like That's more like, what would happen if you gave Really promising people the, ex- the access to Krusty. In a sense, mm. I almost want to kind of see Dante go there as well, just to Return. see where, 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 they, where he could be taken. Are there any other like insane talents where, like, I would love to see Galista there. Um, sure. So, anyone else like on the market where I'm like, okay, I kind of want to see how this goes? <laughs> Do I get to say Libero?
3: Oh, right. Yeah, I don't think he's long for this world on NYXL, and I think that that team is probably going to.
1: Well, I don't know. I think they're taking. Is, like, is there like? Is like always a thing for NYXL where it feels like every single year they're trying to get rid of Libero and they can't? Like they what? should. They're not using him. Let somebody else use him. Let somebody it's else like have every... a turn. at Actually, using a, a fantastic player. Oh, oh so god! It's not like the. It's like they don't want Libero, but they also like, they, uh, you, you can't get rid of him or he doesn't want yeah, to. It. It's, a, know, like it's just competitively feel like intelligent, like you don't
2: give him away, yeah, but yeah. you're not doing yeah. the league any favors. It's also, you kind of just have the, you have like three cousins on your team, basically. Like, who are you? Uh, Huxol and huh? Libero. Like, what are you doing? Like It's too uh, much overlap. Yeah. It's like, you, everyone can play Genji nice. Yeah, it's, it's such a weird <laughs> <idea>. <laughs> Just, yeah, triple Genji. Here we go. Maybe they know something about Overwatch 2 that we oh, do Oh,
1: NYXL, they're preparing for the double projectile meta. I figured it out.
2: Oh, the legendary. The double projectile meta. The unicorn,
1: meta, <laughs> the unicorn the meta. meta that is
2: yet to happen. I mean, I'm sure I mean, this this team would be cracked at Doom Genji. Sure.
0: Yeah, okay. That's probably the yeah, only no, like, meta that'd
2: be cracked at. And they
3: somehow the figure out a way to put Sam
1: in. You figure out a way to duplicate, you clone Sparkle and then double Sparkle still wins in Doom Genji. There you go. Yeah, there you go. Talk <laughs> to I always, I know it's good. I know
3: that like he's versatile enough to be able to play these, but it always kind of weirds me out that it's just like, <sighs> like this. I, I need to see him play DPS or it's just going to be weird. Something you have to kind of um, not only get used to, but like give him credit for because his brig is phenomenal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think sure. I think that's it for us. Um, last point, Yiska.
2: Um, no, it's just like I'm. I'm interested. I feel like soberly, we have to say we saw announcement of players that won't make it back, and that's always kind of sad. The career longevity of an average show about watch player. It's really not that amazing. As to be expected by a developing game, uh, I think we we probably will eventually like in the first five years. I would think like the average would be some somewhere along lines of three years average career mm. uh, length. Um, and I hope they. I mean, a lot of these guys are super young. I'm not sure if coaching is even necessarily the thing. There's like other FPS out there. Uh, FPS. Like if you if you source your brain, how long people have actually been able to compete in these games? I hope they take another crack at the program life or go back to education, of course, whatever their hearts desire. Um, and yeah, I'm I'm of course like looking forward to a five season. Um, it's it's like a lot of of course has <clears throat> it's been talked about in the, behind the scenes, but you. Couldn't actually make anything, uh, any trades. So this is all like coming coming together. I think it's going to be a weird one this year. Um, it's sort of just already started out. Like I feel like we didn't have that many like teams letting half of their rosters go or more. I think that's already kind of atypical. Or am I misremembering? We have the similar exodus shortly after the grand final last year. Like London exodus, getting rid of the entire roster. I mean, Florida, yeah, I think half. Uh, I think the Houston league's half. in a weird state
3: that we still don't know the future. It's still unclear. COVID definitely adds to that um, chaos. So it's, I think it probably is increased in terms of the exodus. Like maybe after season one, it wasn't as bad, but we also didn't have major format changes. You know, it was is pretty right. insular so it's until we kind of calm down on the the uh, overwatch adjacent changes
2: then probably mm-hmm. always
3: have like just massive upheavals
2: so yeah and we yeah i don't think we can afford to i think yeah. like generally uh i i i like everything that has to do with changes at the moment and i think mm-hmm. if people like Look at what you associate with change currently in Overwatch, and it's overwhelmingly positive. Patches got going in the right uh, direction. Um, The league format talks are going in the right direction. Um, Like, who's being invited to these production things, uh, and what kind of features we're getting is going in the right direction. Um, It's unfortunate that we have to build from from a lower base than it could have been. But generally, like, we also have a big multiplayer uh, or like big free marketing attention, uh, attention grabber on the horizon in Overwatch 2. So we got to make sure that when that hits, we are all good. So that when the world comes to us, we are like, OK, this is Overwatch and it's actually like a really good product now. Um, and in that, I don't mind waiting i don't mind us tinkering around a little bit more with like things and then when we finally get this new game and <clears throat> another 50 million people will be buying this mm. um, i want to i, w- I want to have like our shop dressed uh, you know shop window dressed so people can come in and enjoy their time and uh, i think that's going to be an, imp- an important aspect of it where we don't... I think it's wrong to look at viewership numbers right now. We should look, look at trajectories. We should look at um, um, good decisions that have long-term payoff. And as long as that, that's a given, I think this game is pointing upwards, um, even though very frequently frustration overcomes me in, uh, in moments. Of, why the hell is this happening right now? But other than that, like I, I think we're on on a good path at the moment. Do you guys are looking think, at your chats? Did anything happen?
3: Oh, not to my, not to my knowledge, at least. Right. Um, but just coordinating some things. Um, yeah, right. we're we're gonna have to save Contenders Korea because that is a topic I think we want to give a a breath of time to and um as you can see john is um unwell um so he's mm. gonna take rest, yeah, rest. right yeah and we're gonna of we're gonna probably end it here um but as he likes to do so we'll continue with this um avril if you have any shout outs or you know messages for your fans um now would be the time to uh speak to them
1: yeah i what i will say is um speaking of contenders' career it is going to happen tonight so the playoffs are on tonight so um i'd be very pleased if uh, if you guys are interested in contenders career at all just in contenders or you just want some more overwatch content because Overwatch league season is finished and i mean the next best thing is probably contenders career so come along and watch um i believe the starting time should be um uh, the best thing to do would be to go to Overwatch, over.gg and it will convert the time to whatever time zone you are, but seven hours from now, roughly seven hours from now. So wh- mm-hmm. wherever you are in the world, seven hours from now is when Contender's career should be starting. Um, and it is going to be playoffs, which means really important games. And a lot of good players here, a lot of players to look out for. Um, and I would be, you know, very pleased if you all came. Also, like... I, I don't know if drops are enabled starting today. They might be. If they are, um, get your contenders drops and watch for however long you want. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'd be really good. Otherwise, you can catch me at at I'm Avril on Twitter and just Avril on Twitch when I stream. And I've been trying to stream a little bit more regularly. So, yes, thanks for having me on.
3: Yeah. Oh, I we will definitely be. I'll I'll be in touch in terms of you know post contenders tournament and. We're gonna we're gonna pick your brain on these these new players because something tells me uh, some teams are gonna be looking at this tournament in particular and, and be drafting right. some of these players over. So
1: I, I mean, guess. like I'll be honest. After this week of playoffs, the, there'll be a grand final, so maybe we could do something a little bit later sure. on and, and to- okay, either, sure. either talk after grand finals or talk before grand finals as a bit of a primer, and that'll be a perfect time to get people in as well. Exactly,
2: hundred percent. Do you have like two names holstered that people should be looking at? in these playoff matches, is there like a player where you're like really excited about?
1: Um I think Aztec on WGS Phoenix is like the next myongbong in terms of like top flex support prospect coming out. I just hope like Aztec ends up on a really good team because he's currently also contracted to Uprising Academy, so he's kind of in line to literally just be right. the next Young bong but i don't yeah. i kind of right. don't want him to see him wasted because this guy is insane um and there's a lot of like underage players in continuous career like i think a third of it's under underage of like um the other players that are coming of age and you know have not been in overwatch league i think another big name would have to be mag like you can't look past mag Mm, um right. this guy is gonna be really really insane. I think like his his highs are extremely high. I'm not gonna pretend like he doesn't have lows, but Mag's highs are super,
2: super high. So yeah. So you yeah, wanna I'm look up, up. a mag or runaway. Mag or runaway. Yeah. Yeah. That's always a concern, oh, yeah. you know. The, the oh percent Shine It's like, uh we could have had Mag this season. Somehow nobody picked up Mag. And I'm like, why is nobody picking up Mag? And is this kid still going to be good by next year? And you're saying that makes me happy because I had zero time to catch up, uh, keep up with all which contenders, but yeah. But yeah, to you, Yesco. Uh,
3: what's up for the week? Any, any shout outs? Any uh, speculative
2: pieces coming out anytime soon? Anything fun? But Tomorrow is my last day before holidays. Um, it's not going to be an Overwatch piece I'm going to do tomorrow. It will be a nostalgia bump for some Blizzard fans. Oh. Um, but uh, otherwise, um, yeah, you can check out my stuff on GG Recon. Um, we also have like a transfer tracker now. So if you want to keep up to date there, I do my best. Like, unless you catch me literally being asleep, this. Thing is probably up to date. Um, and it currently isn't because like people start announcing stuff on our show once again. So yeah. Uh otherwise, yeah. Joe, what about you? Oh, same old stuff. Um talking
3: about Guangzhou this or I think this evening, I gotta write that. Um, and then past that point, kind of giving some love to Dallas and the Titans for the rest of the week. So that's uh what's on my agenda, and uh much love to Mr. John. Hopefully he feels better. I don't know if he can hear me or not, but, um, yeah, hopefully, hopefully it gets well soon. Um, and yeah, the, uh, end of the show is now. That means you get to hear me read out the patron producers. And this whole show is brought to you by you guys, the fans, um, or like, the The producers in particular, who are Refined Bean, Fraudinho, Pin, Battle Crab, Kuchikopi, Lotion, Rexane, Audio Compass, C7, Char, Nathan, Your Misery, Huntertain, Fabled Steven, Roger B, Owen, Chris, R34444, 4, 4, 4, 4. Orbjorn. I listen to this podcast while I'll, whilst on the toilet and in the shower thinking of Yiska and Peace Camper. Um, Shout-outs to the chat for being awesome. Shout-outs to Avril, Yiska, Fusselkafer, which I'm sure is German for something incredibly yeah. dirty and uh, Kenobi cast. So thank you for saying me or thank you for making me say something obligatory. I uh, hope it was funny. Hmm. It was good. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so that's the end of the show. Bada boom. We love you. Get well soon.